Thank you for this morning and just the blessing that it is of a new morning to follow you and to see what plans you have for us, God. I thank you just for the blessing that it is to be a follower of you. God, there's hard times, there's, there's joyful times, and I just thank you for the times that you've given us, the events that you've brought into our lives and that you've brought into our lives. God, the people that have influenced us and those who are, are there side by side with us. Lord, I pray that you will just... Um, you'll just bless us today uh, in what has to be said, and uh, yeah, just uh, calm our hearts to, uh, to listen. Amen. Okay, so surfing. Uh, this past year at Bible school, my class and myself, we went surfing to Fino. And most of us uh, prairie kids, it was for the first time. And let me tell you, it's a little harder and a little easier than it looks. It may sound weird. Um, but a lot of things are very, very different when you're out on the water with a board and waves are constantly crashing at you. Um, the first thing that you have to do if you're surfing in Canada, uh, because of our cold waters and you don't want to get hypothermia, is you have to put on a wetsuit. So with this wetsuit, it's supposed to allow water to come into the suit and your body heats it up and you keep warm all day, uh, so you don't get sick. Now... One of the very important things to do, most of the time, uh, is follow instructions. And on uh, these wetsuits, there is a very specific instruction to not go to the washerman. Now, that may seem a little weird, but uh, we soon found out that there's a reason for that. See, we have to wear these wetsuits all day, and the bathroom was about a 15-minute walk, and... We were surfing for about two weeks, but most of us didn't want to get out of the water. So the water's kind of flowing and stuff, and we just went in them. After two weeks of being in them, you don't have to worry about anybody stealing them, and you don't have to worry about trading with anyone. (laughs) Because your wetsuit is your wetsuit. (laughs) Now, besides from the wetsuit, there's a few things that you have to learn about the actual surfboard. You have to keep your feet on the back of a surf, on the very back of the surfboard, when you're paddling out to sea. You must always be aware of your surroundings, where you are, and you have to be very good at push-ups and very good at balance, because you're constantly pushing up off the board and getting into a surfer, snowboarder, skateboarder kind of position. But if, even if you forget all these things, the number one thing that you must always remember. You have to always keep on looking forward. Paul writes in Philippians 8, 14, uh, 8 to 4, 3, 8 to 14. And yes, I'm going to read the, the verse over again. Um, just because I think it's so good uh, and so rich what Paul says here. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ... And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, 
But one thing I do, this is the really important part, uh, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One of the, the important things that we must do when we analyze a verse and, uh, and talk about it uh, is to try to figure out why this is being written. And Paul wrote chapter 3 to warn the Philippians against the Judaizers and the Antimonians uh, among them. The Judaizers were people that followed the law so carefully that most of them missed out on who Jesus was. Um, Judaizers would be considered uh, a lot of the Pharisees at the time as well. Um, They were so focused on the law that they missed out on what the law was actually trying to present. And the Antimonians, uh, these are people that would read a verse uh, like what Paul says, we are saved by faith through grace. And they would say, that's enough. That's all we need. We don't need any more because we're already saved. And so Paul is warning the people uh, of Philippians that you have to be engaged in the law, but you can't be engaged too much, but you can't be engaged too little. And he's trying to push them on to where they are supposed to be and who they're supposed to be. Now, we also have to analyze the writer's uh, past. So, uh, as most of us uh, maybe know, uh, Paul had a pretty action-packed full life of persecution. Before he was following Jesus, he was the persecutor. And after he was following Jesus, he was persecuted. In 2 Corinthians 11:23 to 28, he explains a little bit of his persecutions and what he's gone through in his life. With far great labors, far more imprisonment, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times I received at the hand of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in the cold and exposure. And apart from all this, I have a daily pressure on me of the anxiety for all the churches." So yeah, he had a pretty interesting life, but throughout all of this, he pressed on towards the goal. And he may have had distractions in his life, but throughout all those, he kept on pressing on towards the goal. And the last question we must ask is, where is this being written? So uh, in my research, Paul was either in prison in one of three places, in Sicily, in Rome, or Ephesus. And the fact that they don't really know where he was imprisoned at this time, kind of adds to the fact that he says he was imprisoned a lot. <laughs> now, we all have things that we go through that distract us from that goal. For myself, uh, it was singing. It was a gift that God had given me that had gotten in the way of me finding my goal. In grade 12, I was involved in many choirs, local jazz groups, an acapella group, a quartet, two bands, a couple of worship teams, I sang at solos, at festivals, funerals, and weddings. It was not a devastating event or a terrible tragedy that got in the way of me finding my identity in Christ. It was the blessing that I took hold of and used it for myself at its advantage. 
God had revealed to me that you can lose your identity in Christ by negative and positive events in your life. For isn't it so easy to lose track of where the goal is when so many good things are happening? One of the biggest roots that can take place when something good in our life is happening is pride. Pride is a dandelion of the soul. Its roots grow, go deep. Only a little left behind sprouts again. Its seeds lodge into the tiniest encouraging cracks and flourishes in good soil. The danger of pride is that it feeds on goodness. So, Paul talked in verse 13 about forgetting this and putting it behind us. But what does he really mean by forget? Paul is not simply meaning that we forget everything that has happened in our lives, but he's meaning that we leave it behind. It's happened, but it's done with. It's settled. We can't change what we've already done in the past. All we can do is go on towards the future. So what do we as a church need to forget? What are we as a church holding on to that is stopping us from moving on to that next wave in life? Is it success, failure of others, hatred, gossip, rewards, achievements, lingering on sad experiences, lingering on good experiences? Whatever it is holding us back can be a positive or a negative wave that we've just gone through many years ago or just recently. But what must we do in all of this? We must look ahead, just like in surfing. It's not going to be easy, but if we keep looking back at those previous waves, no matter how big and terrifying they were, the next wave of life will crush us. We cannot linger on the previous wave, no matter how positive or negative experience it was. Can we accept it happened? Yes, for sure. And we can rejoice or mourn in that. But we have passed that wave, and we are moving on to the next one. Now, there is a time for mourning, and there is a time for rejoicing. I'm not denying that at all. But we cannot linger on these things. We cannot look to the right or to the left to see what those around us are doing and judge their surfing skills. But we must focus completely on the goal for ourselves, whatever that next wave is to bring. We must not focus so hard as to imagine the fourth and fifth wave to come in our life. For if we do that, it is just as good as looking back at the previous ones. We must go through life one wave at a time. We know that those waves will come and that there will be waves of sadness and hardship, but there will also be waves of joy and gladness, and we must rejoice in those. With the goal that Paul is talking about, driving us, steering us, and guiding us through the waves of life, surfing through life can become easier, more rewarding, but with this, what is this goal that Paul is talking about in verse 14? While you guys think about it, I'll give a little analogy. It was a fog, it was a fog-shrouded morning, July 4th, 1952. A young woman named Florence Chadwick waded into the water of the Catlin Islands. She intended to swim the channel from the islands to the California coast. Long-distance swimming was not new to her. She had been the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. The water was numbing cold that day. The fog was so thick she could hardly see the boats in her party. Several times, sharks had to be driven away with rifle fire. She swam more than 15 hours before she asked to be taken out of the water. 
Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on since they were so close to the land. But when Florence looked, all she saw was fog. So she quit, only one half mile from her goal. Later she said, I am not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I might have made it. It wasn't the cold or the fear or the exhaustion that caused Florence Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. She lost sight of where the goal was. Many times, we too fail, not because we are afraid of the peer pressure or because of anything other than the fact that we just lose sight of where the goal is. This is why Paul says, I press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Two months after her failure, Florence Chadwick walked off the same beach into the same channel and swam the same distance, setting a new speed record, and she, be, she could see the land. The goal is to be like Christ. Now, I'm not saying that Christ is our California and we all must live there or swim there, but what I am saying is that we must strive for that goal to live like Christ. To strive to be like Christ is our drive, our steering, and our guidance. Now, we should know that we are striving for it. We do not ever fully achieve it, as Paul had said, but we are surfing after it. So, now, one of the big questions, how is this going to change our life? Well, if you... If this was an ad on TV, I would tell you it would make it you uh, healthier, stronger, and younger. But uh, I'm not trying to sell you some magical pill that you're supposed to take every morning. Although some of these side effects could happen because of following Christ, just from the pure joy that he brings. But knowing where our goal is will help us get through those ways of life. With having our minds set on Christ's example, we will be able to challenge those ways of life with someone who wants to help us and that will help us. And we will also have a humble soul by knowing him, a courageous heart by trusting him, a discerning mind by learning from him, and a kind spirit from following him. But in all these things, we will have Christ at our side that we are striving after and with us, with the Holy Spirit helping us and God guiding us through our life. There is no better way to live. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. And just the blessing it is to live a new day for you, Lord. I pray that as we go out from here, Lord, that we will keep in mind that we are supposed to keep focused on the goal of life. And that is to follow you and to be like you, God. And not that we will ever be like that. that, Not that we will ever be like you, God, for we are sinners. But we are to worship you, Lord. I pray that we will not take this as a prideful thing, but we will take it humbly and that we will take it in a joyful manner. And God, when those hard times and those hard waves come and they're crushing down on us, that we will focus completely on you and that we will have strength from you, Lord, to make it through. I thank you for the blessing that you are in our lives each day. Amen. We could uh, have a congregational ending song.